right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 8 o'clock in the city of champions, uh, what is your concern level of the Oilers after two losses to start the season? Uh, as we await uh, Mark Spector, a text coming in at 1-833-401-1440. Uh, this is from uh, RBS. It's kind of uh, actually a good point. Um this is ideal for betting, fellas. I am in Vegas this weekend, and I am putting $100 on the Oilers to win the Cup. They can lose all they want this week. I know we are winning the Cup, RBS. I don't know. I don't know. Are odds about 9-1, to 10-1, to 1, Duke? I don't even know what they are. Uh, I just checked. Uh, plus 1,000 right now is where uh, what you're looking at. So right in that neighborhood, you betcha. So 10-1 10 to 1 kind yeah. of thing. You bet. Last year they were like fifty to one at the start of the year. Is that correct or not? Forty to one, something like that. At the start of the year, maybe like I think at the twenty at the at the quarter pole they were. Oh like, yeah, they were like ten and ten, I think, and the odds went down. Yeah, at the start of the year they were um, pretty close to uh, once again not not nearly as close to the top as they were at the start of this season, but I mm-hmm. think they were at about twenty five to one at the start of last year. So. Um, but uh, but yeah, this year, like I said, a little bit of a slide to start this. Start the season, but uh, like RBS said, some good value if you still believe in the team. Big time value. Um, you know what? Uh, right now, the when you look at, and I mean, holy smokes, uh, it's crazy to look at standings early. It just it's bizarro world. Um, but some teams have got off to good starts, and that's the way it goes. I mean, you that's people start looking at standings quite early. I mean. Uh, Pacific, I mean, Vegas, 3-0. and That's a pretty decent start to the year. Vancouver, 2-0. and uh, But then some teams, obviously, like the Oilers, uh, not great out of the gates. Seattle, winless. Um, L.A. came back and got a point, I believe, Saturday night in uh, a shootout. I think Jordan Martinook. Uh, the guest with us last Wednesday got the shootout winner for Carolina. Uh, so, you know, it's way too early to look at stuff like that. But you always say it's always nice to get off to a good start. All right, let's bring in uh, Mark Spector. Now, on the mark, powered by Booster Juice, uh, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and Enjoy as we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, good morning, Speck. How was the weekend? Weekend was real good, Kev. Uh, we even enjoyed that hockey game Saturday night, even though the fans didn't get their results. But uh, <laughs> a little wondering about an 0-2 hockey team here, but uh, that's a pretty good weekend. How about you? Yeah, it was it was great. Went to the uh, the football game on Saturday afternoon, and then we had to host a watch party. Uh, at uh, Century Casino on uh, for game night, uh, so one of those ones we just had to kind of uh, spend it with our listeners and things like that. But uh, uh-huh. you know they were they were they enjoyed the game. They watched the game, cheered loud. I mean, it's funny when you go to these things and, and the Oilers score, the whole place just goes bananas. It's just like being at the game. So um, yeah, well, imagine what will happen when they win, Kev. Imagine that. <laughs> well, I just say when they score, so that's the thing. Uh, I'll pose a question to you, Spec. We kind of said it right off the top at seven o'clock to our uh, listeners what is your level of concern with an own team own two hockey team i'm not uh there's i'm not very concerned at this mm-hmm. point this is a you know an important road trip to put things together here but i don't uh you know i mean there's a few things that are wrong here that are that 
like you know you got to own your net front right they the Canucks get two tip in goals that shouldn't you know that guy shouldn't be mm-hmm. able to tip that puck in right yeah. he's he's not checked in the top of the crease uh do you like the goaltending no one likes the goaltending but you know what out of four goals two of them were tips from the blue paint and one was a two on oh yeah. so i i just i'm not going to start talking about how the goaltending's bad uh, because you know what, the, the, I don't expect those saves from any goalie. So if you take away two of those, you know, the two on zero and the two tips, take two of the three away, you beat them four two. So yeah. I'm not too concerned, but uh, it's time for this team to put it together here. Yeah, I mean the Sam Lafferty goal uh, to make it four three. That's the goal that everyone wants to see the save on, right? Sure, I get it. Like, I get it. But you know what? Like, there's two things there. Ekholm gets beat one-on-one by Sam Lafferty. Well, Ekholm hasn't played a game all year. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give him a little break, right? It's his first time out. Game's happening pretty fast. Sam Lafferty rifles a wrist shot at you from about 12 feet out. You know, that defenseman uh, needs to stop that wrist shot from being that clean. It's a one-on-one. So, yeah, should you like a save? Like, what, I, what I'm not getting from either goalie here is a is a robbery. No mm-hmm. one's st- every expected goal is going in, and that's not good enough either. I need I need Stu Skinner to to steal a couple goals that you think, oh my god, how did that not go in? Mm-hmm. Haven't seen one of those yet this year, so that's fair to ask for a save along the way. But right now, to me, and I'm writing goalies probably today anyway. But to me, the the process has to begin in front of the goalies. And we'll, it'll make the goalies look a lot better. So uh, you're writing goalies today, so you're going to talk to both guys, I assume. And um, I would assume Jack Campbell gets to start tomorrow in Nashville. I would think so. Yeah, to me, it's it's uh, for sure. Like neither mm-hmm. guys grab the reins here, right? Campbell was, you know, very average in his first start. Skinner was, you know, not a whole lot better in his first start. I'm not saying he was bad, but he wasn't good. So you know. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm starting Campbell for sure in Nashville. How about you? I'm starting him 100%. And if he plays reasonably well, even you know above average, and the Oilers win, then I'm starting him in Philly as well. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I need I need to get a goalie yeah. going here, and that's fair. If he can play well, if he lets in two or less, he probably gets a start in Philly for me too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mark Spector is our guest on. Uh, Sports 1440, the Kevin Carrier Show. So, Spec, what do you make so far of the penalty kill unit? Uh, it's a small, small sample size, but what do you make so far? Uh, I guess gave up one goal in uh, Saturday's game, three the night uh, or the Wednesday game in Vancouver. So, your thoughts on the PK so far? It's brutal. Okay, like that's that's a spot in the team that that you can look straight at and say and and point the finger at. Two goals a night, right? That's that's four goals in two games. That is absolutely unbelievably poor. So that's a side of the team that was not ready to start the season. And if I'm a, if I'm a fixture on that, you know, listen, PK, it's about execution, sure, but it's also about effort and bravery. Yeah. It's about getting in the lanes, right? It's about it's about commitment. You know, there's a lot of intangibles on PK where your PK, you can have better players on it than me. But if my guys are more committed, I'm going to kill more penalties than you. And the orders aren't committed on the PK. They're not selling out on the PK. They're not executing the PK. And they're not brave enough on the PK. I'm not seeing enough shots blocked. I'm not seeing enough lanes filled. Mm-hmm. It's This is a, the point of the team to me that showed up 
you know, half-assed this season. It's it's it shows in your PK. It's all around the team. It's in all areas, but you really see it because if you don't PK with your heart yeah. as well as your head, the pucks go in, and the pucks are going in against Edmonton. And uh, I think the main uh, component of what you just kind of laid out there is getting lanes filled. I mean, and that results in those tips, those higher tips in front of the blue paint. Uh, yeah, because two things happen, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think one was a power play goal, uh, one of the tips against yeah. the second game against Vancouver. One was a power play goal, one was even strength. But two things happen. The shot gets through because no one fills the lane, and whoever's responsible for the guy in front of the net isn't getting the job done because the guy's making a tip. You know, he's tipping a puck home. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's two mistakes on on. You know, there's generally at least one mistake on every goal against you can identify, but generally on a point shot that gets tipped, there's two. And, uh, boy, there's a lot of mistakes on that Oilers PK right now. It's got to get a whole lot better. Yeah, I think, again, it's just hard work. It's, you know, you, you have to play smart, uh, fill the lanes, fill the gaps, um, pressure. That's what's changed uh, so much with the opposition penalty killing just for the Vancouver so far on the Oilers' power play. They're pressuring the Oilers a lot more, and I expect every team to do that. I mean, you can't uh, look at last year's stats and go, what are we going to do here? Just let these guys run around and, and set up Leon for the one-timer and things like that. So on that theme of special team spec, where do you see what you've seen? Uh, what have you seen, I guess, uh, on the power play in the first two games? Well, I'm seeing a, a power play that's trying to, you know, that also saw how good it was last year and is trying to act that way. You know, there's there's a couple things here with your power play. When you're the Oilers' power play, if, if they pressure you a lot, um, they're good enough to keep that puck away from you. And you keep pressuring, and it doesn't take long before there's two guys that are wide open, right? You know, if, if it's a static box, mm-hmm. now i got to shoot through you. Now, now I have to... You know, I got to make plays with you in, as part of the picture. If you're going to start pressuring me, and I got a power play as good as the Oilers, I'm going to pass, 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 and before I know it, Zach Hyman's in front of the net, and there's no one next to him. So they're trying to do that. If I can see that, they're trying to make quick passes, make quick plays, and I'm not saying that's the wrong thing, but uh, you know, you got Bouchard back there with a bomb, and he's not using it. Uh, a lot of the two goals that they scored against Vancouver came off of, uh, were they both power play goals where they were just, no, the first one wasn't. No. But it was chaos, yeah. right? It was just chaos. A puck gets in there, the, the the PK gets broken down, guys are all over it. McDavid's power play goal was that, the one where finally it gets kicked, Lucy's got an open net. So that starts with a shot for the point. That starts with a shot that gets through. Once Once there's a puck that gets to the net, the PK system breaks down. Mm-hmm. And I think the orders have to swallow their pride a little bit sometimes and say, this might not be a beautiful tic-tac-toe goal we're going to score, but we're going to set up number two from the point and let them blast, and we're going to go hunt rebounds and get our goals that way. And, uh, you know, maybe until the power play gets into yeah. early season form here, maybe that's what you got to do, no? Well, here's the other thing that I would do, I would do and this is an old trick, but um, I would let Bouchard, I would set him up for some bombs uh, about four or five feet high, uh, but he'd tell Zach Hyman to stay away, but just, <laughs> just keep him off to the side a little bit, but throw him about you know, four feet high off the ice, do that a couple times. And then it sort of gives you a little space, you know what I mean? Well, it's—I mean—you have to say that that you know, 
Bouchard is a huge weapon. He's got a, an elite slap shot for the point. Mm-hmm. And on the power play especially, he should be able to get it through because obviously you got an extra guy. So I don't. that's a weapon that needs to find its way into this power play arsenal more often, in my opinion. I think, I think again, we see, you know, Drysaddle's on his spot, and we know how effective he is from there. And they toss that puck around pretty good, and Nuge is in the bumper and tic-tac-toe, and it looks real pretty. But why, you know, that's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a, of a weapon, that shot from number two. And, and I just think that, you know, it doesn't fit mm-hmm. into the category of real pretty and tic-tac-toe, but it, it makes goals happen. And I think they should rely on a little bit more sometimes. Yeah, I, I would just yeah throw some chin music. It's almost like you know baseball where you you know yeah, you, th- you, sure. you throw that high and tight one, and then you know where the next one's coming, and, and uh, the <laughs> team isn't ready for it. So um, the other thing with the power play, and I I kind of liken this off the top of spec. You know, it, it's called game script. You see it in the NFL with running backs and and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, if the team's behind, well, you you know you're not running the ball. It's the way it is. The Oilers have been chase in chase mode chase mode uh in all these games so it's almost like jay woodcroft has been forced to these guys playing on the power play the full two minutes on the first union they had the five on three there was like about a three and a half minute shift with all the big guns uh when yep. they couldn't score on that five on three do you think that that number one power play unit should be cut back a hair well how do i know that i got the edmonton orders right where i want them if i'm the opponent I know because they shift McDavid and Drysaddle out of the same line. Mm-hmm. I know because those guys are taking minute and 25 shifts. I know because the power play is afraid to come off with 40 seconds left. They stay on. That's how I know I got the orders where I want them. Yeah. Right? This is old news in Edmonton, folks. Right? Yeah. Over-reliance on the top guys. Not inclusive of the bottom guys. This is the best bottom six his team's had, in my opinion, in a long, long time. And I thought in the second period of that game that the Oilers owned that period, and they owned it because they were using four lines. And, you know, the the McLeod line drew a penalty. Uh, Yanmark and Ryan, I mean, they barely played the last half of the game, those two guys. I think Ryan got six minutes in the last two periods. But that's how I know I got the orders exactly where I want them is when it's all about 97 and 29 and the other guys don't even play and they don't have any involvement and they don't have any ownership and the orders fall into that trap far Mm -hmm. too easily in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you can't script it any better than that's a perfect analogy of where the team is. I mean, even if you think about it, that first shift on Saturday, they could have had three, four goals. I mean, they were all over them. Yeah, the really good shift. Great start to the game by the dry side of line. Absolutely, sure. but we're not able to connect those shifts moving forward. You go up two nothing. Now again, as you said, now you're away from chase mode. Now you balance. You have the balance, but because they've been chasing the game all the time and been behind for basically the whole um, two games, you know, save that first goal. That's what they're forced to do. Uh, Mark Spector's with us. A couple quick ones, uh, Spec. What have you made so far? Uh, I'm just going to so, uh, Evander Keynes, minus five. Connor Brown's minus three. Uh, that all has to do with um, the fact that the Oilers only have one even strength goal so far. Yep. Um, so what do you make of the play of those two wingers? Even strength play isn't strong enough. Yeah. Uh, Brown gets a bit of a pass. He hasn't played for a year. Evander Kane gets zero pass. He was abysmal in Vancouver. I mean, abysmal. Mm-hmm. He's minus four, and he was awful. Um, you know, when you play with Connor McDavid, 
you have to know that he's going to fly the coop once in a while, especially when you're trailing. And they've been trailing all season so far. So, you know, there was a reason that Yeri Curry was winning Selkies next to Wade Gretzky because Gretz flew the coop and Curry took care of business. Kane's not that guy, mm-hmm. right? He's never been accused of being that guy. But he's going to have to figure out some version of that guy. He can't fly the coop, too. Uh, he's tough. He's he can skate and he can really be hard on the opponent and he's been he he has not been hard on the opponent at all through a couple of checks and other than that he's not been a difficult player to play against he's got to fix that uh, Vander Kane's got to get down to why he's on this team and it's not just to rifle home goals from thirty feet mm-hmm. right he helps make this team hard to play against and we haven't seen any of that yet. The only thing that has been I guess somewhat consistent is the third line. Um, Fogel, McLeod, Broberg, uh, yet to score a goal, um, but they haven't really um, given up a lot. You could say that. But what have you made of that third line, and and would you maybe have them force the issue a little bit with that upper six? Yeah, they need. I mean, they certainly have earned their ice time. Absolutely. Uh, and if we're on a team here where the fourth line's barely going to play, mm-hmm. then for sure the third line better play a whole bunch. Uh, listen, we're never going to judge that line in point production. I mean, in the end, when the season ends, I'm going to expect, you know, I'm going to expect 13 to 15 goals for most of those guys, sure. But uh, you can't judge that line, oh, they didn't score tonight, they didn't play well. That's not how it works. They've kept the puck in the other team's zone. They've softened up teams and left. You know, when they hop the boards and, and one of the top two lines comes over after them, they've left the game in a great place. Uh, they pressure the other team, you know, they maintain puck control, and they're not getting scored on all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're having that third line, I think, is, we've been saying all month here, Kev. I love that third line. I like the, I love it on paper. Yeah, I love it on paper. Three big guys who can really skate and forecheck and be hard to play against. That's what I want my third line. Yeah. Uh, now we've watched them for two games. I'm not backing off. I love that third line. I think it looks great. They will score. Don't worry. They'll score. Mm-hmm. But Fogel needs more chances to score than, you know, Drysaddle needs. And that's that's why he's on the third line and not the first. That's just how it works. Hey, uh, Speck, what's your schedule in the next few days? Run us down the itinerary. Yeah, well, I'm flying to Nashville today. Uh, get in there about 5.30. Morning skate tomorrow. And uh, I don't even know what time I'm flying to Philly, but I'll check in with our producer to make sure that I don't miss the <laughs> Missed the show, but I think I'll be okay. Yeah, so <laughs> you probably in the Philly for one. Yeah, you probably got a late, uh, um, I guess, booking on the Jason Greger show this afternoon. Uh, I do, but that is at if it's five o'clock in Edmonton, it's what time? Oh, in Nashville? you're fine then. Yeah, you're fine. It's six o'clock in Nashville, yeah. so I will be okay on the Jason Greger show. So, tonight. can you? Uh, will you be at Tootsie's by about eight or not? Is that? Yeah, long. that's probably about right. I get off the plane <laughs> at five thirty. I'd say by the time eight o'clock rolls around, like I'm one of those guys. I don't want to start at ten because yeah. then I'll be out too late. I'd rather start early and quit early. Yeah, <laughs> so would you? That's probably the game plan tonight. I mean, Nashville's probably, I guess, top two for me on the road. Uh, would you say? Are you a Tootsie's guy or stage? Uh, no, I, I'm a uh, Roberts Western World guy with the fried bologna sandwich and two dollar <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon. Kevin. Well, I mean that's Tootsie's as well, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, that's down the street. Yeah, but hey, I mean, listen, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. I, if you're going to go to Nashville, I feel like you should go to the old style Western yeah. bar. You know, there's a bunch of really cool rock bars there now and blues bars and. Mm-hmm. I can go to a blues bar any, you know, in other towns, Chicago for sure. But 
you go to you go to a, you know it's a it's a hub of country music. Yeah. Right, you should be in a country bar. I mean, what the hell? Where else are you going to go to a country <laughs> bar? If not Nashville, come on. You, you know, our, our old favorite spot in Chicago, Kingston Mines, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, big. There you go. Like, you want to see the blues. Why yes. am I seeing the blues in, in, in Nashville? Yes. I'll eventually get to Chicago and see them there. Well, stay out of trouble uh, tonight, Spec. We need you. Something else, we... the guy can go to the commercial hotel on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon and get a fill of blues right there, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Safe travels. Right, Take man. care. Take care. All right, that's uh, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, some of your texts rolling in to one 1440 plus uh, University of Alberta Golden Bears head coach Ian Herbers will join us at 840. Stay with us. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. So, Duke, is that for Speck uh, and his uh, excursion to Nashville? Who's that, by the way, that artist? Uh, that's Aaron Goodman, good Canadian kid. Uh, okay. Very popular on our neighbors here at 840 CFCW. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we'll have Corb Lund on tomorrow uh, to guest with us. Um, we'll have to get the song that Corb uh, kind of recorded a few years back with Rod Phillips. You've got, we'll have that, we'll play that during the interview. Uh, but... Cor Blund will be our guest tomorrow. We got uh, Billy Ranford tomorrow as well, uh, former Edmonton Oilers goaltender. He will guest with us uh, during our Grant Fuhrer segment as Grant co-hosts with us every Tuesday from 9 to 11. And we'll uh, have to get uh, Grant's thoughts on how the Coachella Valley uh, birds uh, finished. The Firebirds uh, checked out on the weekend, their first uh, weekend going on uh, in the... American Hockey League. So, uh, Saturday night, Duke, we had a great time. We were down at Century Casino on uh, Fort Road. Had a great evening uh, hosted by the fine staff there. Nigel and everyone. Uh, SKS, Sean Smith from our uh, uh, Stingray sales department was with us. And uh, you and I had the uh, alligator arms at the end of the night. when We had to chip in with the tip. No, that's not true. We, But uh, SKS was more than generous. Uh, thanks to all the staff. Uh, uh, Alan Mitchell was down there, the low tide. So all our listeners, thanks so much uh, for coming down. We had a great turnout. Um, amazing uh, response uh, just for our first ever watch party. We're going to be doing three more of these uh, over the course of the next, uh, well, I guess, eight, nine months or so kind of thing. Uh, we'll have, we'll do one over probably the next one at Christmas time, maybe tie it in with the World Juniors or something. Maybe even, you know, a Sunday at NFL kind of could be cool. The morning do a brunch or something. I was thinking about that. What did you have, Do You had the prime rib, didn't you? I did, yeah. I uh, I played what I like to think is a pretty savvy move at events oh, like this and let, it's not every, a savvy move. let everybody else order and have their food first. And so then I can kind of scope out what uh, looks really good on the menu. I know you had uh, some wings. I had wings, yeah. Uh, SKS had a, well, I think it's called a bucket of bones they have there. It's about a pound <laughs> like, of dry ribs and then another pound of wings as well. Like, he would have went home and his his blood pressure was probably <laughs> 170 over 80 when he went to bed. <laughs> There was, it, it, there was enough salt in that bucket that he basically, his heart was just pumping, bump, 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 bump. And then, uh, and then low tide, he had the prime rib, which is what their special is on okay. Saturday. And so I, I you got waited a, for low tide, right? I got an eye on that and seen it and was like, that is exactly what I've got. I, what I got, I'm jonesing for on a Saturday night is some prime rib, uh, nice cold whiskey and ginger to go with it as we're sitting there in front of like, you want know to talk about a great place to watch 
any game, you got more TVs than you can count. And, of yeah. course, the main big screen, which we were watching the oil game on. But then the ponies are off to your right. The bar is right behind you. And then if you do during the intermission, like I yeah. elected to do, uh, take a quick spin out onto the casino floor and try your luck at some games of chance. It is uh, it is about an all-inclusive everything you ever wanted of a Saturday night all in one place. So a great, great night at Century uh, Sports Bar. And so you went to the roulette tables in the intermission, right? Uh, yeah, the first intermission. Okay. And then, sorry, second yeah. intermission. So, yeah, and then, you know, obviously we watched the whole game in there. Um, a few years back, I may have stuck around after the game ended, <laughs> you know, and we had the draws and things like that. I may have stuck around a little longer, uh, but I, I assume you did. With your buddies, they were all there. The buddy, what's that guy's from Onion Lake? What? Uh, well, he's he's from Mundare, Denton, oh, but he's oh. a, he's a Leafs fan. So you and him were going at it pretty good throughout the game. I really enjoyed that banter. But you both had the uh, shared experience of having played hockey in Onion yeah. Lake uh, before. Well, I'm not Denton was his name. Denton, I can't, yeah. yeah, Onion Lake. Yeah, that's back in long time ago on the senior circuit. Back, I was a tough league back in the day too, uh, Denton. Yeah, Leafs fan. He was so happy that Austin Matthews had another hat trick, oh, wasn't he? Because we were watching the game at uh, my place, uh, the the place I live at in Fort Saskatchewan. Before we came into the casino, we kind of made a little uh, boys' evening out of it to come in and have some drinks and have a good mm-hmm. time. So we were watching the game there, and the fact that we had to leave before the third period started or whatever to make it to for puck drop, I was happy. And then he's in the backseat of the truck the whole way watching it on his phone with the volume turned up as loud yeah. as it can go while me and the other guy in the front seat are trying to have a cordial <laughs> conversation so he is uh, about as stereotypical of a Leafs fan as you can find yeah. in terms of you know the cockiness and the arrogance yeah. and uh, and this these first couple games are only feeding that flame um, but I love them all the same and you can't argue the Leafs are off to a great start yeah uh, so thanks for everybody coming out uh, to Century Casino on uh, Saturday night uh, saw Patrick our old friend from years ago and uh, the table in front of us a lot of cool people at that table there's probably what uh, about a dozen people and they were they were enjoying every time the Oilers scored uh, for sure I met a nice lady I think her name was uh, Linda I think it, I hope it's Linda but all the guys and and she was you know um, having a good time and uh, the guys well the guys and the girls at the table were just giving her the gears uh, I remember the one line it's Linda she's single and ready to mingle <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna get in trouble sorry for saying that but uh, but had a lot of fun with them and we gave away hats and things like that but the big prize was the uh, uh, Edmonton Zamboni cooler which was really cool I mean this thing uh, it's a remote control if you've ever seen one of these it's just amazing so you fill up the cooler and you can drive it around say you're having a tailgate party or you're in your backyard or whatever uh, this thing will drive all the way around it's got uh, the speakers in it Bluetooth and radio you can listen to 1440 etc whatever you need and then the the lid pops open sort of thing like a real Zamboni you put your beer in there and and things like that so that was the big prize and uh, the draw we did the draw and the Duke has today's winner or Saturday's winner and the winner is Duke do you want a drum roll? The uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. High level production. Uh, Danny Cotton. Danny Cotton was our winner of the Zamboni Cooler on Saturday night. So uh, both myself and Century Casino will be in contact with Danny. And hey, Danny, if you're listening this morning, just shoot us a text. Let us know. Maybe yeah. we'll, uh, well, if you got something to say, we'll get it read on air for you. But otherwise, congrats. Thanks for coming out. And uh, we gave away Oilers tickets to the mm-hmm. game against Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Like you said, some sports 1440 hats, some Oilers hats. 
Great night. Can't wait to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing our next one sometime, you know, I would say in around Christmas, give or take a couple weeks on either. And it could be something World Junior related. could be um, NFL. I, I, I think that brunch really, you know what Speck said that really, you know, if you start early, you can quit early, you know. So I think a brunch would be kind of a neat thing. Um <laughs> Another, uh, on a similar note, uh, more so in line with what you're uh, talking about, uh, they, they say you can't you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's right. Exactly. Uh, Jordan just sent the text in. I went to school with Danny. I think he still owes me some money. I'll take the cooler. <laughs> um, getting back to our conversation with Mark Spector, talking about the Oilers and their own two start. What is your concern level? Uh, K-Fed chimes in. Rudy, Kelly Rudy would say your best PK player must be your goaltender, which is true. Sask Oilers fan. The goaltending is the biggest reason for the start. Uh, it's time to give Campbell a chance. That comes from Saskatoon. Sasky Oilers fan. Oilers in Nashville tomorrow. Again, we'll have uh, Pete Weber, Predators play-by-play man, on at 9.20 to check in with uh, uh, the Preds and uh, talk about Pete and his journey uh, being the uh, play-by-play man in Nashville for so many years. Man, you know, that was a very um, close-knit, not I, that's the wrong word. It was a very, uh, when you listen to the, the Predators play-by-play and color commentary, which is was Terry Crisp years ago, and Terry retired I th- eh, a couple years ago, the two of them were just remarkable uh, just because they fed off each other so well. And Terry Crisp is one of, you know, I mean, Oiler fans remember when he was in Calgary coaching the Flames, you know, in 1989, won the Stanley Cup and things like that. But it, just a, the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Always would come out of your, come out of his way to say hello and things like that. And uh, just a true, true uh, gentleman. And, and one of those guys you need more of them in the league. And then remember we had Chris Mason on uh, about three weeks ago. Remember how disappointed he was when we said that Grant Fuhr was our normal co- co-host on Tuesdays? You could just see him, like, on the other side of the microphone, just deflated. I was uh, I was thinking about that as I was looking ahead to the rest of this week, and of course we're going to have Pete on today to talk Preds, but, you know, the game's tomorrow, and, and Grant's on, we got Billy Ramford already coming. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about maybe sending Chris a text and see if he wanted to oh, I bet he sneak would. in on our goalie morning. I uh, bet he would. Themed it and talk a little bit more about the game tomorrow. I'm, I'm sure he'd love to. So. Oh, man, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, coming up after the break, we will check in with uh, Alberta Golden Bears hockey head coach Ian Herbers. That's on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Less than two weeks till we hear those guys out at uh, Commonwealth Stadium for the Heritage Classic. Nickelback, of course. Uh, time now for In the Community. Hockey Days is on at uh, United Sport and Cycle where you can save up to 35% off. United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years as we welcome in uh, Ian Herbers, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears hockey team. Morning, Herbie. How are you? Uh, doing well, Kevin. Thank you. Um, how was the weekend? Uh, just kind of wrap it up in a nutshell with a couple of wins over McEwen. Uh, guys played very well. Uh, starting to come together. We're starting to get a little bit more consistency in our lines, our combinations, our, our power play units, our penalty kill units. Um, we capitalized on our two five-on-threes that we had, one each game, uh, which was huge for our power play scoring on those opportunities. Uh, and then some other guys stepped up. Uh, we got contributions from our D scoring. Um, Mason Ward scored uh, 
Um, we had a couple of our other D-men score as well, and everybody it seemed as balanced throughout the lineup, chipping in and scoring goals. So it's key when you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you seen from McEwen? I mean, kind of a newer program, trying to catch up to a lot of uh, the other programs. But uh, what kind of team are the Griffins icing to kind of, you know, push the envelope, I guess, with the teams like the Bears? Um, they lost a few guys with graduation as well, as we did over the summertime. Uh, but they work hard. Uh, we split with them in preseason. They came out in our building and actually beat us here at Claire Drake Arena and uh, came out and just basically outworked us that game. So that was one of our key focuses, making sure uh, we didn't get outworked by them again this weekend. So they just play a good, solid game. Uh, Zach Daly does a very good job there. Um, they're well-prepared. Uh, they compete. Um, they're just get, now getting a little bit more of that high-end skill there for them to take that next step. Ian Herbers is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, Herbie, go back to the start of the season. You went out to kick uh, the Canada West schedule off uh, in UBC, but a couple of losses. Uh, I guess, what did you learn about your team uh, at the end of September with those two games in UBC? Well, our training camp, we had the eight preseason games, but we were missing guys. Uh, Prokop was in Arizona's camp, uh, Smallwood was at Columbus's camps. We missed those guys for a couple of weeks during that span. But just before we went to UBC, then we had uh, some key injuries as well. We had Ploof out, uh, Prezuzo out, Florchuk out. So those are five of our top key guys, and especially our power play unit. And so trying to piece it together before we went to, out to UBC, uh, we just didn't have that chemistry um, for our lineup. Our power play wasn't very good. We weren't clicking. Uh, and they only lost one player and brought in a couple good players, and they're basically playing at midseason form. They're, they got a good team over there. Um, we've got to be better than we were that weekend. Uh, but we started seeing some building blocks as the weekend went on, and we carried it over the past two weekends here. For sure. Ian Her- Herber's on Sports 1440. So last weekend you had the home-and-home home, uh, with Mount Royal with a, a split, I guess you could say. Uh, one, the loss was in overtime, but uh, just touch on that series with, uh, with uh, Mount Royal University. I actually think they're a better team this year. Okay. The, the past couple of years, they've had the, the two leading scores, but they were one-dimensional. And for us, we just shut down that one line, and they weren't very effective. Um, I think Burt now is a team that works hard, uh, works harder than they did in the past, and, and they rely on four lines and they're chipping in. Uh, and Fark has played very well for him Friday night here at Claire Drake and stopped a number of our point-blank and uh, backdoor chances. Um, so I think they have a better team, work hard, uh, very competitive power play and penalty kill. Um, just a good all-around solid team. They split this past weekend with the Dinos, who were, who were mm-hmm. ranked number one, supposed to be number one in the in the country, or for sure in Canada West. And they split with them, beat them in Calgary, and lost in Mount Royal. So uh, it's going to be good. Some good challenges this year with UBC, Mount Royal, mm-hmm. uh, Saskatchewan. Right now is four and Is there is there more parity in the league? You think this year? Uh, at the top half, okay. I think before maybe there was one or two teams that would kind of carry the load and then uh, like a middle and then a bottom. Now I yeah. think there's almost like a top and a, a bottom. So there's four or five teams battling for those top four spots. Um, and then some teams that are just coming on the cusp and then a couple that are still picking up the bottom end of the league. Uh, Ian Herbers is our guest on Sports 1440. So uh, you touched on the health and uh, player availability of your roster. Are you kind of getting everybody back now, or where are you with that? No, no, we seem to gain one, lose one, so mm-hmm. we won't be at full strength again this weekend. Um, we'll see. It's day by day right now. We could be down three guys mm-hmm. or 
uh, just one guy. So we'll see how the week goes here, see how treatment and rehab and everything else and our guys are feeling. And uh, if not, it's opportunities for other guys to get a chance to step up and get some extra ice time and uh, to show what they can do. So who did you all lose from last year's roster, I guess, and where are they playing as far as moving on to another level? Uh, well, our entire leadership group is gone, graduated, uh, so that included Fontaine. He's playing in uh, second division in Switzerland. can't remember the team, but it's doing mm-hmm. very well over there right now. Uh, Dawson Davidson at the back end who ran our power play and was a, a key cog at, uh, for a defensive core. I believe he's in Denmark. Uh, Nolan Vulcan, who was another one of our captains, graduated and went to Bakersfield camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe he's now in Wichita, their East Coast League team. Um, and then Ryan Hughes left early, went over to England. Um, and I'm drawing another blank on yep. We lost another player as well. Um, right now I can't remember. So, um, Was this more than normally, like the normal turnover that you have to kind of deal with? No, it's just that over the last three years, we've had a lot of guys graduating early. Normally, it's guys stick around for four or five years, but we've had players now, and especially with that COVID year, mm. play three years, uh, but their schooling's been done. So they've all graduated, finished their schooling, so they want to get on and get playing pro. Uh, a lot of key guys. And then, obviously, we had Noel Phillips on the NHL deal with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a couple things like that happening as well. Where do you see... It kind of depleted us a little bit. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, Herbie, but where do you see, uh, like, Noah Philp, like, the trajectory of his, I guess, where his career is heading? Can you kind of expand on that, you think? Oh, he's taking a little break again. Okay. Um, he's had some personal issues and stuff. Uh, I know he had a very good, strong year in Bakersfield mm-hmm. and had a, a great year. Um, they actually had him kind of penciled up here for Edmonton to be playing a couple games or have a legitimate okay. shot and a look at it. Uh, and just some personal things going on in his life that he decided to take a break away from the game right now, okay. uh, which is unfortunate uh, because there's a lot of great talent. And he just loves the game, so yeah. unfortunate to see. Thanks for the update on that. I just didn't want to kind of didn't know how to kind of get into that. But um, yeah, when you mentioned you're losing your leadership group, can you kind of touch on that new core of uh, leaders that you have moving forward? No, very pleased with our group right now. Prokop leading, being captain, and we've got McLeod, Plouffe, and Prezuzo, um as alternate captains. And all four guys have been here three years now um, and understand what it takes. Just a little bit of adjustment at first. Obviously, there's always pressure on our team from everybody wants to knock off the Bears and everything else. So, uh, But they've stepped in well. They've worked hard, competed hard. They've taken charge of the dress room. Uh, and they've done a good job. It's just a little bit of a learning curve at the start of the year, and I thought they've done a good job so far, and they keep getting better. Uh, I have to ask you about my old broadcast uh, buddy for 25 years, uh, John Sexsmith. Um, so you've had uh, Joel on the program now. Can you kind of touch on him? Uh, Joel led our team in preseason scoring. I think he had nine hmm. points or ten points in eight games or something like that. Had over a point a game at least. Uh, has been very effective with the puck, made some good decision on the power play, was scoring a few goals. Um, so when he does that and just keeps it simple, moves pucks, a little deception, he has some great look-offs. When he does that and strong and determined on pucks, he's very effective. Uh, so we'll need him stepping up here for sure. What do you what do you see from him, uh, I guess, from last year moving into this year? Maybe, you know, you get that year under your belt and a little more experience and your the familiarity is there. So what have you seen in that sense? 
Well, he started with us late. He went tried to Europe first, didn't work out for him there. So he came a month, I guess, into our season. And when you miss that preseason and camp and how we do everything and, and just the speed from the, the West, Western Hockey League to our league, uh, it's an adjustment. And then we had a pretty strong core back end with Davidson and, and other guys. Uh, so it was tough for him to get in the lineup. Um, but when he did, he played well. Uh, he was kind of in and out guy, but then we got into playoffs and was a key guy for us down playoffs and was blocking big shots for us at nationals, sacrificing his body, laying out. Um, I thought he was very effective and showed he could take that next step. So he had the opportunity here at training camp and he's run with it. Um, had him on the power play, wasn't sure he was going to be a power play guy, mm-hmm. uh, but he's been effective for us there. Um, uh, our power play during preseason was just under 30%. Uh, so we got to get back to that again. Our numbers um, haven't been great here in, in the regular season, but we've had a ton of opportunities and momentum, and we've just got to put it in the back of the net now. Ian Herbers is our guest, uh, University of Alberta Golden Bears head coach on Sports 1440. Run down the schedule for the Golden Bears this weekend, Herbie. Uh, we're home and home with the Dino, so a huge test for us. Um, we're Friday at Claire Drake Arena, then Saturday down in Calgary. Uh, so right now we had an optional day with our guys, a little bit banged up, as I told you. Uh, we'll, we'll start focusing on the week here tomorrow and then get ready for the weekend. And then after that, we get a bye weekend with the nine teams in our league. Mm-hmm. There's always one a semester, which is good for our guys, an opportunity to get caught up on their homework and health and opportunity to maybe spend a little time with family and friends. Uh, and then after that, uh, U of S is here, correct? I believe so. I haven't looked yeah. that far ahead. I was worried about Calgary right now. <laughs> Um, we're done the first weekend in December is our last last league games uh, in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have our exam break, the Christmas break, and then we'll get going again. I believe we have exhibition games 27th, 28th, or 28th and 29th of December. Uh, what time, uh, What kind of team does Calgary have? Uh, they, again, they haven't lost guys either. They've picked up, I think they lost one forward, and the rest of the, their group's back and picked up another couple forwards. Uh, so they're deep. They've got four lines they can play. Their D are big, mobile. Their goaltending's been very strong for them. Uh, they've had very good specialty teams. Uh, I think they struggled a little bit this past weekend, so I'll have to make sure I go through the video on mm-hmm. that and see how we can take them apart. Uh, but they're they're this, basically the same team that finished off uh, first place last year. Uh, how would you assess your goaltending so far this season? Uh, been good, but I, I believe both guys, if they were on with the phone with you right now, would say they can take another step. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll definitely need them taking that next step here this weekend. Um, well, Herbie, uh, thanks for this. Really appreciate your time. Um, continued success. Uh, hopefully we can get down, I think, maybe uh, Friday night. Looks like a guy can get down to that game. And uh, Yeah, 7 o'clock. It'll be a good crowd and a good game, so. One of the top ones so far this year here. All right, looking forward to it. Uh, thanks uh, for this. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks, Kevin. All right, that's uh, University of Alberta's head coach, Ian Herbers, for In the Community from United Sports and Cycle, a fourth-generation family, owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. United has been supporting hockey and our community for over 95 years. Also want to mention uh, for the Golden Bears, Duke, and we were talking about it Saturday night. Massive win for the Golden Bears football team on Saturday afternoon. The only bad thing about the game was that it was kind of on at the same time as the Elks game, and, you know, would have been nice to go to that one. It would have been nice if it would have been a noon start or something like that. Just bump it up an hour. Probably could have got to the Elks maybe like 2.30 kind of thing, uh, but it was 23.20. 
So Golden Bears now five and one. What would, what would you say? Like, that's a program that we've seen spinning its wheels, the football team. We've had Chris Morris on so many times, and he's been so positive about what the direction is about taking, you know, the players and making men out of them and, and, and making sure that they're, you know, moving on to the next stage in their life. But for all these years, we you know, it's been tough. It's been hard to watch the team because, you know, especially with an eight-game schedule, you lose a couple off the bat, and man, all of a sudden you're on two, and where do you go? But for the Bears to be 5-1, and one, as a former U of A alum, the Duke, you've got to be stoked about that. It's awesome to see. Like, when I was going to the U of A, the football team was, and, and I say this with as much respect as possible, like, it was kind of a joke. Like, it, they mm-hmm. would not win games, barely even get points on the board. And, and you compare that to now, uh, you know, give or take 10 years later and and they're a team that's like all but guaranteed themselves a playoff spot here uh, at yeah. worst going to finish 500 uh on the season so it's exciting to see and like you said it just timeline wise wish they could have lined up a little bit better on saturday but i'm i'm still yeah. hoping to um you know check out the schedule and see where things are, are looking to get out to a game before the season's I done i know when we're going duke yeah you yep. got it lined up for october us october 28th that's the last game ubc the but, only team that they've lost to this year and that's a 1 o'clock start on the Saturday, 28th. Bring, bring your toque. Bring your mittens. Well, that's okay. That's that's more than okay, but you just want to be prepared, of course. Don't want to be sitting there uh, shivering uh, the whole time. You'll be outside, but I'm sure someone's going to invite me into the alumni lounge. Okay. So you could sit, <laughs> even though that I'm not a U of A alum, I mean, and plus I'll be probably sitting at the Moser tailgate party. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get plenty warmed up out there. I'll be just I, fine. It's, I'm yeah. worried about you, Duke, that it's going to have to brave the... Mind you, it's going to be okay. That's the day before the Heritage Classic, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I you didn't know, even think so you about got, that. You got the Golden Bears football game and on the Saturday. You got uh, the Heritage Classic on the Sunday, 5 p.m. on the Sunday for, for the uh, game against the Calgary Flames, so... You can't beat it, Duke. But again, I'll be nice and toasty warm in the alumni lounge. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be nice and toasty because I think Friday night I think I'm headed to the Drake to uh, to watch the Bears and Dinos. Yeah, this so it weekend, could, it's so. could be a double header. Yeah. Well, this weekend you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. This weekend yeah. I'm headed to the Drake. I well, think. I might be down there Friday. You know where I'll be. You know where? Yeah, it's probably somewhere in the ritzy area. No, 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 no. Rubbing shoulders I, with the bigwigs. I go behind that. Well, I used to. I'm sure Marty Vulcan would be there too. But Marty, his son Nolan, is uh, used to play. Uh, I've known Marty for a long time. Uh, so anyway, Marty and I kind of stand behind the glass uh, down below and right by where the big rock table is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like a good spot for you. Yes, yeah. why wouldn't a guy? <laughs> uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we will check in with uh, Michael Gilkin from the Dallas Morning News as the Dallas Cowboys get set to take on the Chargers tonight, Monday night football before that a sports update brought to you by cattail crossing enjoy half price golf monday to thursday elevate your game without emptying your wallet book your tea time today cattailcrossing.ca here is the duke